Hey everyone, this is Edward. As is the case with life, Jason and I have had some major life changes in the last couple of months, and we are finding it challenging to find the time to record podcast episodes. So while we try to figure out if we are going to continue, we've posted these next couple of episodes which are actually rewinds. So we're going to take you all the way back to the beginning for his interview and my interview. In a couple of weeks, we should have things figured out and at least put out an episode letting you guys know what's going on. Enjoy! The podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about life, and life has its great times and the messy times. But let's be honest, we learn from the messy times. Not all content may be suitable for children and may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Oh, and we can't seem to stop dropping the F-bombs, so there's that. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I am Lori. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Thanks, Ed, and welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to be doing today. The first part of our episode is a group discussion. This is where Ed, Lori, and I check in about how things are going and problem solve, support each other, Basically, just kind of overview our week. The next portion will be an interview. This is where the three of us will sit down and talk to someone about how they've struggled and ultimately how they've grown through that struggle. And through that, hopefully, pass on some information that will be helpful to everyone. Today, we had the opportunity to do a post-interview. I hope you enjoy it. There's a little bit more insight after the story. You can contact us via email at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment or on Twitter at StumblingTHROU2. You can also visit our website at stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. Please feel free to reach out and let us know how we're doing. We like positive feedback, but negative feedback's okay as well. Mostly, we want to know what you guys want to hear. We want to know who you want us to interview, and if there are topics you want us to explore. Please enjoy the show. So, how's everybody doing this week? I know I've had a a crazy week. We've had lots of exciting stuff that we're doing, but I'll I'll tell (laughs) you, last night, we put together a bed that we had ordered. We actually ordered two of them. We put together the first one, and then we took it apart. Because we put it together wrong. (laughs) And then we took it apart because we put it together wrong. (laughs) And then we took it apart because we put it together wrong. (laughs) And by the fourth time of taking it apart, we put it together right. So that that was a lot of fun and swearing. but it was fun because I, I I was able to, my wife and I were doing it and we didn't scream at each other, you know, like we used to be the Ikea nightmare couple, you know, where <laughs> like if you get something, it's like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> going all over the place. Right. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to get outside. The weather's been a lot nicer. Um, so what have you what are you guys doing for fun? Have you had any fun this week? Really, is what I'm curious about. Uh, you, you know, it's it. The, my fun place is actually was actually at work this week. It was a, a dead week at work, and yesterday specifically, the the gentleman that I was working with, uh, my my um, fellow employee, uh, sitting there, we had several like hour long conversations, just kind of like shooting the shit, which was really. It was very fun. It was just, it was like, we laughed. We, we, you know, we had these funny yeah. stories that we shared. It was just, it was very cool to be able to do that. My days off were kind of, one of them was really nice, but most of them were kind of like crappy weather-wise. So yeah. it, it wasn't like I was going to go for a walk or anything like that. But when the weather's so crazy right now, I mean, it's 30 degrees one day, right? 65 the next. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've been finding myself, the other thing that I've been doing for fun is I've been finding myself going back to my piano, which is something that I hadn't been doing for nice. a long time. Um, so I, uh, Lori, you had suggested at one point in time that I write a song. So I've written a song, which is the first song that I've, first piece of music I've written in like 10 plus years. Um, so that was cool. And then now I, I go in and I play that, but then I also just 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 play like it's not it's not about writing a piece of music it's not about playing something that i've known you know in the past like a piece of music that i, I know or i've written in the past it's just literally just playing i'll sit down and i'll start playing a couple of chords and then for the next move. 20 minutes exactly just move through you know and it is not even necessarily coherent you know as far as like the piece of music like if i were no. recording but yeah. it's just to feel and to move and to play yeah. and to to really kind of glory in that's the only piano playing i ever did right because i didn't read music and i didn't know how to play the fucking piano so i'd make i'd make noise on it right. that sounded really good to me and how i felt yeah yeah that's i think that's one of the best ways to play it really is and i used to do it when i was when i was really young that's how i got into playing the piano in the first place is because i would just do that i was like you know nine ten whatever and, right. and there was a church piano and so i would just go up and you know play on it and it's it's been really awesome to get into that space again and then to also see because i haven't played in so many years also to watch myself get better and become more confident and feel more like okay well i'm going to try this little thing oh that worked really well and then this feels like this and this is the thought that comes from it and that's awesome. yeah so that's been my other source of fun this week so you can give that's yourself awesome. a lot of praise i can give myself a lot of praise that's yes. absolutely that's and, awesome and really just have some massive fun with it you yeah know? yeah I love it when I do something that I can appreciate myself. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have a chicken pen by the end of next week, and it's going to look like shit. But <laughs> I am going to appreciate the shit out of that. I mean, yeah. I feel so good about it. Right, because you did it. It's right. all you. Totally scrap materials, nothing, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's just, I bought one piece of T911 or whatever it's called, but... <laughs> It's an outdoor T411. T411, yeah. It's an outdoor plywood thing that you yeah. don't have to treat. That's good stuff. It lasts a long time. Yeah, it's, it's the, the roof nice, of my chicken pen. Yeah, nice thick piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff. So what have you been up to, Lori? Well, I've been doing a lot of playing with my goats, and so that's where I'm finding a lot of fun. Because over the winter, you know, they don't like the cold. Right. And where I live, it's it it's cold. 
I don't like the cold either. Yeah. <laughs> and so they often turn up their nose to really want to get out and follow me around and do things. Like, I encourage them. They'll come halfway down the lawn. And then they stand there and look at me. Like, hurry up and just get what we need. Get and us our food. And we'll go back in and we'll lounge in our hay beds and we'll be happy. But now they want to get out. And they're all over the place. And they're such a good little group of goats. Because they don't leave the property. Mm. I don't have to worry about them running into the woods and taking off. They know their boundaries. Yes, they really do. I've had other herds that don't. And, you know, you... (laughs) And you really have to pay attention to them because they'll they go, go to the road. The them, yeah. yeah, the queen of that herd would take them into danger, danger all the time. But the queen of this herd used to be the queen, the low man on the totem pole of the other herd. Uh-huh. She's much more mellow right. and not as courageous. And so, which is good. That helps keep them safe. And they're just out there, and they're playing with me, and they're running around, and they're, you know, I have this little goat that's special needs. I've had him since he was three weeks old. He he was born dead. Um, the woman who I got him from saved him, yeah. brought him back. He was way too small, had all of these things wrong with him. The vet said to me, you should put him down. He won't live to be two. And, and you being you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, he seems to like his life pretty well, you know, bottle this feeding him. woman that nursed a 16-year-old chick. <laughs> yes. She died at 18, yes. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I raised him in the house until he was really healthy and established. And he was born in 2012. So what's that make him like eight years old now? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't live past two, the vet said. Yeah, right. And he's a happy little boy. He's so happy. He's out there pronking and kicking up his heels right now. And it's just, that's really been fun for me, watching them like just play, really hard play because they've been lethargic throughout the cold. They right. haven't wanted to play. And yeah. so that's just been a lot of fun. And I playing with my dog. That, yeah. Yeah. So that's been my fun. And we let them out all the time because if I'm out there with them, well, I could let them out and not be out there with them. They wouldn't leave. What they would do is decimate every plant I've got. Right. Right. <laughs> so, no more green at <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, like. Goodbye, lilacs. Yeah. Goodbye, everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have a garden. I've got, like, tomatoes. Oh. Yeah, I have to figure that one out. Last year, they kept stealing all of my grape tomatoes that I was growing. <laughs> and so... Can you put up deer fencing around it? I'm like going to have to. You know? I'm going to have to because yeah. I don't mind sharing with them, but they just can't be plucking it off green off the vine before it gets to, like, right. you know, and they will. So, yeah, that's been my fun. That I was playing with my dog. you wanted fencing. Oh, I've got some fencing. Do you have fencing? I do. I do. Yeah, we <laughs> might check that out. I've almost used it all now. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, that's 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 a funny story. So, like, when my father passed, that's not the funny part. Um, Obviously. <laughs> but when Hopefully. My, right. When my father passed, it was several years before we cleared the house. And my father, who was a hoarder, God love him, um, had, like, six or seven rolls of fencing, yeah. if not more, of this... It, he never used it. And Jason was like, well, you know, 
that's cool. I'm like, you want it? Take it. Get it out of here, please. I'll use it, yeah. Yeah. He has been. All kinds of places I could use it. Yeah. This is like eight years ago, nine years ago now. Yeah, it's been a while. Crazy. Yeah. Well, years before I had the goats, my dad took me to this place to get my car inspected because the car wasn't really the best car in the world. Right. But this was back in the day where that was okay Mm -hmm. if you knew where to go. Right. (laughs) And there weren't going to be any repercussions really on anybody Right. Back then. This is it's a whole new day and age now. But right. so we went there and this guy has like fencing piled up. And I said, Oh, he's look at all that fencing. I wonder what he's doing, Dad. So Dad said, Hey, what are you doing with that fencing? And the guy said, Oh, I don't know, we're getting rid of it. We used to have I think he had some sort of livestock at some point. Dad goes, You getting rid of it? He says, Yeah. So he comes back over to me and he goes, He's getting rid of it. Do you want it? Right. And I'm looking at it going, oh, my husband will kill me for dragging that home, but I feel like I should take that. Right, right. <laughs> and I and I did. And so I took it, and like a year later, my uncle brought me two baby goats. And that was the beginning. And that was the beginning, but I really felt like I needed that fence in, and Dad clearly felt like I needed it too, because right. he wasn't saying, oh, I should take that. This guy's getting rid of it. He's like, do you want this specifically and I felt like I needed it and then I had all that fencing and you know it's pretty expensive to go and buy it yeah it is it is and I've been able like I've got my garden fenced off I got the chicken pen fenced off I mean we've done all kinds of stuff with us yeah yeah it's a it's a really nice gift gift that keeps on giving yes (laughs) it's a nice gift it really is so yeah, I might, I might take you it's up all a little priorities. bit of that. Some people and... like, you know, diamond rings and necklaces and, 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 you know, big expensive gifts. Fencing. Fencing is the gift. Right. For 2020, I think. Today we had a chance to interview Jason Knight. In his own words, I'm basically a guy who has been through some shit and lived to tell the stories. The first 13 years of his life is where the shit happened. And since then, Jason has been on a never-ending journey of self-understanding. Through the acceptance of his past, and a judgment-free, most times, view of self, Jason has worked towards his goal of better self-awareness. Jason has always felt a connection to a higher power and attributes his living through childhood to that connection. Jason has explored mental illness, EFT, Reiki, Buddhism, recovery programs, psychotherapy, and so much more along his path from a broken child to self-aware father of three amazing souls who he and his wife share their lives with. So Jason, the name of this podcast is Stumbling Through Enlightenment. And what does that stumbling aspect mean to you? I think one of the best things about a journey to enlightenment is the fact that it's built on failure. So I have believed for a long time now, I think that the more you learn from your negative experiences and embrace them, the quicker you can kind of get out of the muck of them. You know what I mean? Like I've had experiences where I just recently had a job change. I got fired from one job that wasn't working out well. 
And, you know, there were definitely a couple of days there where it was stumbling and trying to figure out what to do and dealing with the fear of that. But ultimately, you know, I tried to work on allowing the uh, job situation to change. And I also tried to really be conscious of keeping my brain in that allowing space instead of fear. But the fear definitely came in at times. You know, we had 24 hours of fear and then we'd get more money from somewhere, you know, and then we'd have 24 hours of fear and then get more money from somewhere. Like, so it was really bizarre in that sense, but it was a really good way to sort of see where my negativity was being countered by my actual life experience. Uh-huh. So that's what I would say is kind of like a stumbling. The more I tried to push away from it, the more I was unable to experience it. And as soon as I allowed myself to experience what was actually happening, everything was perfectly fine. So you stumbled your way into fine. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) So how much of the fear of that transition, how much of that comes from way, way long ago that you're still holding? Or is that more yeah. recent? Well, there there's two pieces to that. So the, the field that I work in, to have a person that's been in the field for a long time and is a male, it, it's a very marketable position to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to find jobs. It's just finding the right job with the right place that fits well so there's never a lot of fear about losing the job and finding a new job the fear comes in with is this going to be a place that i'll stay at for three months or is this going to be a place that i can stay at for a few years and wanting to to find the balance in that and that's where a lot of the fear comes from that's where a lot of that less than message comes from is like, am I going to pick the right place? That's where the the biggest amount of that fear comes from, is making the right decision. You know, making the decision that's going to be good for me and my family and is going to cause the least amount of change in the future. But there I am again, controlling the future. <laughs> it's sort of impossible to do from where I am right now, so... You know, it's just that it's that anticipation piece that you get into when you are, you know, kind of delved into the fear of things. And I think if you can get past that and experience it, it's really never quite as bad as it feels like it is. <laughs> yep. You know, but it's it's getting past that barrier of anticipating versus accepting what is. So... In this journey of self-awareness, self-healing, trying to nurture yourself through old traumas, what mo- what healing modalities do you incorporate in your life to help you in those instances where yeah. you are just trying to allow space? I would say when I was 16 years old, I was a hell of a mess, and the person that really helped me gain insight from that mess was a Buddhist. And I think having 
that perspective has made everything okay, essentially, in whether I'm failing or whether I'm being successful, it's still okay. You know, there's a there's a foundational purpose in there of finding the peace where you are versus trying to find the peace from without. Learned Reiki, it was okay, but I felt like it kept me in a box. You know, I've always felt very connected to source or God or whatever you'd want to call it. And I made it through a lot of my childhood experiences by sort of checking out from this world and envisioning the world of, of God and that relationship. So I've always felt in a way more comfortable in the kind of ethereal realm, <laughs> you know, than in the day-to-day experience. So at 16, I really started to be able to understand how my day-to-day experience was vital to my progress. So you just mentioned faith, basically. I mean, you know, that, yeah. That, that experience that we have when we have a relationship with a divine source. How have you been able to, and how has it benefited you, to bring that type of relationship down from the ethereal yeah. into, into this, this part yeah. of your life? I feel like a lot of times because of that reversal that my interpretation of people tends to be a little different. I'm relying sort of on my feelings before I'm relying on my sight or I'm relying on my intuition instead of relying on what they're saying, you know, what what I'm actually hearing. So I, I find that that happens as a result of that. And... I think that kind of grounding myself in this experience is bringing that relationship to this experience. So in a sense, I feel like that has, it's made it a much more useful relationship because it's not just a place to be away from wherever I am. It's a place to, you know, gain support and, gain insight and gain amazing knowledge at times. You said that you have learned Reiki and one of your the people that helped you the most uh, to learn to grow and, and heal yourself was a Buddhist. Yeah. Have there ever has there ever been a time in this journey of self reflection and self healing where you've just been like, Nope, I don't want to do this anymore. I this is too <laughs> Much. Yeah, yeah, like an area I just don't want to go into. Yeah. Coming from a situation where most of my childhood was in like a child trafficking type situation, there is a lot that comes from that part of my life that I'm willing to just either carry or set down and walk away from. So I think... When I'm, for instance, having a memory of one of the worst experiences that I can remember, uh, I was being in a trunk. I was in a trunk of a car in July for three days in a row. And I can attest that your tongue can turn hard like a rock. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, so that was a really negative experience. And there's a lot attached to that. Claustrophobia is a big part of that. So 
you know, I do what I can to accommodate those needs that are a result of that, while at the same time trying to gain some insight, but at the same time being very aware that, um, you know, an injury is an injury. If you break your knee and they replace it, it's, it's a replaced knee, but it's still not the knee that you had before you broke it. And I think a lot of times that's how my life slash personality um, evolved, you know, in that sort of broken way. For instance, the claustrophobia, I just recently had to have a MRI of my entire upper body. So I worked with my doctor to find an open MRI instead of a closed MRI, like a tube. So, But the open MRI is really just like two blocks that you're stuck in between. So it's still incredibly tight and claustrophobic feeling. So, you know, my doctor prescribed some medication to help me be calm, and I used a lot of what I practice, a lot of meditative practices, a lot of breathing practices. And they put this sort of cage thing over your throat, and they put this cage thing over your head so you can't really move it a lot, because if you move it, it messes up the images. And I decided to do it in two different rounds. So in the first round, they did my head and my neck, and... I got through that with the tech telling me at the end of the process that I needed to ask for more medication next time. So I did that. I asked for more medication next time. But when I got in there, they had this this contraption that they would have had to put over my chest. And I just couldn't do it. I could not do it. There was a solid block there. I was not getting past that block in that moment. It was not going to happen. As soon as the person put it on me, I was pushing it away, not even aware that I was pushing it away. I was resisting her putting it on me. So they had to do it without it on me. And it took a little bit longer, but I was okay with that trade-off. So there are definitely things from my life that I don't... It's not that I ignore them. I think that's a really dangerous place to be. It's that I accept where I am with them. So I accept that this is um, an injury. This is something that's, you know, still injured, but not necessarily something that I need to fix today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what are you, what are you hoping to get out of this project? What do you, what, 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 what made you think, or what, what made you want to do this? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think back to what I had said at the beginning, I think that it's really important for me to help others understand that the process of living is dirty and it's uncomfortable and it's all of these things that just aren't, you know, the pretty picture on Facebook of you in Europe or, you know, the, the <laughs> picture of the beach or the, you know, the picture of the family photo where everybody's smiling and wearing the same clothes. I mean, that, like, people need to understand that that's not life. That's the projection of what life they want to 
portray in that moment. Like, and I think there's so much judgment around those experiences that are negative because we are flooded with so many experiences of, you know, the white night winds or, you know, the, the good guy comes out in the end and, you know, scrapes by just at the end, but it works. Well, sometimes in real life, the good guy dies. <laughs> sometimes in real life, the good guy gets ignored for life and becomes a homeless person. You know, it's not, it's not reality. So I would love to bring, you know, the real experience of what enlightenment is. You know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and you get to that self-actualization, the reality is that, you know, as soon as you have to go to the bathroom, you're back at square one. So it's a constant process of moving, going through um, enlightenment. It's not something that you get and you check off. It's something that you get and you lose and you get and you lose and you got it about this, but not about this. And then you've got it over here, but here's a dark corner over here. You know, it's just, it's, it's not, it's messy. It's not clean. It's not the family photo of everybody wearing the same clothes. That's not what life is. And I hope that this can be a place for people to experience together the reality of what life is and how enlightenment fits into that. And how about for you? Like, what what experience are you hoping to get out of this? Because I'm growing yeah. this for yeah. Um, well, personally, it's it's an exposure thing. Um, I because of the gruesomeness and a lot of the illegal nature of what my childhood was. There are potential repercussions, and because of that, you know, I'm choosing to protect myself, but. At the same time, I need to be vulnerable enough to relay experiences. So I think what I'm getting out of this is the balance of being able to be vulnerable in a public setting while at the same time protecting who I am day to day. With people that you can feel comfortable and safe with in the moment, does that change the face of the ability to do that for you um if you were to have to do this on your own like many people are out there right now trying to figure it out on their own yeah having friends and having a support group what how does that change things for you yeah well i mean we're not solitary creatures you know if you take a baby and leave it on its own and feed it through a tube it dies because it needs others We're not here to experience this alone or else we'd be here alone. We're here for ourselves in this experience. I'm here to gain my own soul's knowledge. But I've also been given millions and billions of other souls to interact with to gain that knowledge through. And the reality of that is the more isolated I stay, the more... I feed my own confirmation bias, which is essentially the belief that what you believe is correct. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of critical thinking. You know, you have to challenge 
your perspective and your idea and if you do it in a way that's confrontational and too assertive you're you're just going to shut yourself down you're not going to be able to move past that point and that's why the acceptance is so important you you mentioned uh, your buddhist teacher the, the the person that you've met and then learning reiki what are some of the the people or even like maybe other podcasts or, or books that like things that have really inspired you like yeah really gotten you through some stuff and, and really like you want to emulate it yeah there's a couple of really good books that i've read that help tremendously with perspective and one of them is the shame that binds us that's a really really good sort of expose on shame you know and how it it affects us in simple decisions where we wouldn't even consider it you know and the the attachments to shame so i think that's a an excellent book so the second book is the body keeps the score and that's just a it's a really good book on trauma it's a really good book on sustained trauma um, which is now called complex ptsd um, which i'm a valid for, you know, I I won the medal for complex PTSD, so <laughs> I get to be in that category, yay! But yeah, I mean, it's a it talks about how it relates to illness, chronic illness. It talks about how it relates to, you know, the the way that you move through life throughout your entire life. You know, the parts of your body that develop differently because of early childhood trauma and prolonged trauma. You know, they've even found with soldiers that were tortured. The prolonged trauma, even as an adult, still had physiological changes in their body. So that was that was really insightful and really good to to kinda help me get a little bit more insight into, you know, my larger picture of my life. So after a difficult day when we PTSD has been sky high and life has been big and overwhelming. What is it that you do to help yourself rejuvenate, kind of come back into yourself, Yeah. Um, feel safe? What do you do for yourself? I am, and again, this is, this is part of that, that Buddhist piece and the practices I've been able to kind of acquire from that. A lot of what I do meditatively and a lot of what I do to manage um, the symptoms of PTSD is breathing. I do a lot of breathing, a lot of conscious breathing. There's lots of different tricks, lots of different types of breathing. Um, I'll breathe in for, you know, four seconds, hold for five, breathe out for five. You know, you can breathe in, count to ten breathe out. Uh, there's lots of different exercises that you can get that give you the resources to have mindful breathing. And it just so happens to be that if you're breathing mindfully, your amygdala can't go off, which is the part of you that's wanting to fight or flight. So if you think about it, one of the things that instantly changes when you're in fight or flight mode is your breathing. You start to breathe faster. 
And that's because your body is hyper-oxygenating. It's saying, all right, we might need to run a few miles. Let's breathe, you know, let's get that oxygen pumping for our blood so we can do all this other crazy stuff that we're going to do with our adrenaline system. And if you can consciously breathe, your amygdala can no longer send those messages. So the simple art of bringing everything back to the breath, the one thing that we need a gazillion times in our lifetime that we do a billion times in a week, you know, like everybody breathes in and breathes out. We don't think about it. It's part of our autonomic nervous system. It's part of the things that make us, us our hearts beat. And because of that, it can be tricked. It's a physiological response. It can be tricked. So if you know your higher consciousness knows, right? All I got to do is breathe. And then that lower consciousness, that autonomic consciousness is like, all right, well, we're good then. So the breath, that's a lot of what I do. Um, I do a lot of movement meditation. I do not, I'm not a big fan of sitting meditation. So I do a lot of, you know, mindfulness exercises while moving, cleaning. A lot of times my energy comes out as uh, like an anger energy. So to manage that, I have to do a lot of physical movement. I have to do a lot of um, you know, like a walking meditation or a mindfulness practice while I'm eating or, you know, mindfulness practices while I'm cleaning or, you know, just uh, part of the the good part about being out of work for two weeks is that I have a totally clean basement now. <laughs> um, so it's it's just, it's how I work through those things. After he got the chance to listen to his interview, we caught up again with Jason to ask him some questions in a post-interview, so a little bit more about the story and what he felt while he was talking about it. So thank you, Jason, for sharing parts of your life story with us. Uh, now that you've had a chance to re-listen to the interview, since we, we actually recorded the interview about a month ago at this point, uh, you know, how does it make you feel? How, do, how are you feeling about that? Um, it's it's definitely hard to listen to myself. I found that that's been been a challenge, um, but I feel good about it. I feel good about the information um, we talked about, and I feel good about how I presented it. Nice. So at the time that we did the interview, like a little over a month ago, maybe even, yeah. you were job seeking. Yeah. And since then, you've got a new job and yep. your experience in that now how is that going for you yeah yeah I, I was able to manifest something that worked really well um i worked there for a week and then we had the quarantine right. so i worked uh, i got trained for about a week um and then went right into it but it's really been comfortable it's what i know it's what i've been doing and it's just kind of learning their way to do it but it's been an incredibly supportive team They've been an incredibly supportive team, so I'm really excited. So you, you stumbled your way into fine and found something so much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In comparison to what I where I was, this is, it, it's just amazing. It's like a healed version of what it should be. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's good. It's good. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. 
And this is this is part of I mean that that was part of your uh, your struggle there when we when we talked yeah about your yeah the biggest fear was what's going to happen next where right. am I going to go next is it going to be a good choice and it it worked out well it worked out well it took a little bit of time I expected it to go a little faster than it did but ultimately it worked out perfectly so yeah yeah it was it was it, that's been a really good part of my life this last few weeks. That's that learning to trust and that divine timing and everything kind of works its way through if we don't get so caught up in that fear space of, oh, no, I don't have Right, right, exactly, exactly. And that was, I mean, it was a challenge at times, but um, like Ed said earlier, and that pattern continued, you know, it was just time after time when we needed something, it was provided, you know, whether it was financially or physically or whatever it was. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, you said you had a hard time listening to yourself. What was the, yeah. the hardest part of that? Oh, I think it's just that douche chill kind of cringiness, you know, when you are listening to yourself say anything. I really, I like how I sound more than I thought I would, mm-hmm. but it's still awkward to listen to yourself talk, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's just the talking in general. It's not like the sharing yeah, no. of the story specifically. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's it's just the listening to yourself. You know, it's hard sometimes. Absolutely, it sounds a little different. Right outside of your own head, it almost sounds like you're listening to somebody else tell your right. story because the voice doesn't sound the same. Well, and I think I shared this with you guys off the off the mic about what's actually happened to me is now when I'm talking, like right now, I'm hearing myself the way that I'm hearing myself on the podcast. So it's almost like I'm hearing my voice more authentically yeah. than what I had been before. So that's that's been really interesting, uh, bizarre, creepy, and kind of cool. Yeah, fun. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah. So have you felt like since the last interview... Have you gone through any growth spurts? Yeah. Yeah, I had a a huge one um, that we'll eventually talk about on the podcast that I worked through. Uh, It was just around trusting, around kind of growth and uh, emotional vulnerability. But I got a lot of insight out of that that I haven't typically gotten. This is something that reoccurs over and over and over again for me. And I haven't really gotten a lot of insight out of it before this time, but this time I was able to really kind of actually get something out of it. So hopefully next time it either won't happen. Right. Or um, it'll evolve and happen differently. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, I love hearing that kind of thing. Yeah. Thank you, Jason, for sharing your story, and thank you for enlightening us a little bit more on what's been going on with your life since we originally did the first interview. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling, T-H-R-O-U-2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.